book four chapter ten of the heavenly twins this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the heavenly twins by sarah grand book four chapter ten the tenor was obliged to leave the window of his sitting-room which looked out on the little grassy plot in front of his house and the cathedral opposite open always now rain blow or snow for the convenience of the boy the latter had changed his mind about forcing an entrance if the tenor he said would not make it quite evident that he wanted him by leaving the window open so that he could come in in his own way whenever he chose he should not come at all the window was his way and on one occasion when he had found it shut he had gone home intending as he afterward declared never to return but he had changed his mind and reappeared after an unusually long interval when the tenor to use the boy's own phrase caught it for his want of hospitality of course he acknowledged he might have come in by the door or he might have knocked at the window but then he did not choose to come in by the door or knock at the window so that was all about it if the tenor wanted to see him he knew how to make him feel he was welcome and so on until for the sake of peace and quietness the tenor was again obliged to yield oh the moods of that terrible boy no two the same and none to be relied on sometimes he was like a wild creature there was no holding him no knowing what he would do next and the tenor used to tremble lest he should carry out one of his impossible threats among which serenading the dean upsetting the chime climbing the cathedral spire on the outside or throwing stones at the stained glass saints in the great west window were intentions so often expressed that there seemed some likelihood of one or other of them being eventually put into execution then again he would saunter in about midnight and sit down in a dejected attitude looking unutterably miserable he would hardly answer when the tenor spoke to him and if he did not speak he resented it neither would he eat nor drink nor make music and if the tenor sang he sometimes burst into tears on other occasions he was the most commonplace creature imaginable he would talk about a book he had been reading a new picture his people had bought the society in the neighborhood anything in fact to which the tenor would listen and the latter was often astonished by the acuteness of his perceptions and the worldly wisdom of his conclusions the tenor made every allowance for these changes of mood which if they were trying at times and certainly they were trying were interesting also and amusing he knew what an affliction the sensitive nervous artistic temperament is what a power of suffering it hides beneath the more superficial power to be pleased and he pitied the boy who was an artist in every sense he also thought there had been mistakes made in his education did you ever go to a public school boy he asked one night well no the boy rejoined i had the advantage of being educated with angelica they kindly allowed me to share her tutor i was thrown in you understand just to fill up his time and that is how it is i am so refined and cultivated but seriously said the tenor the boy raised his eyebrows seriously he repeated but do you think it delicate to question me so closely ah 
i see poor fellow you don't know any better but really your curiosity is quite womanish i will tell you however i had the misfortune to sever my femoral artery when i was a brat and although it seems to have come quite right now it was not thought advisable for me to rough it at a public school but why on earth are they putting you in the army the tenor asked you mean i am much too pretty said the boy not to mention my brains and manners well there i must agree with you it does seem a sad waste of valuable material but it is only to fill up an interval i shall be put into a permanent billet of another kind eventually whether i like it or not you mean you will be put into the earth to enrich it i suppose well no i was not so smart said the boy now that is a rather good one for you oh i suspect if i could plumb your depth i should find myself but a simple shallow child in comparison no what i meant was that eventually a certain amount of earth would come to me to enrich me but what does your father think about this military manoeuvre my father think roared the boy oh lord you don't know my father and he fairly curled himself up in convulsions of silent laughter which the tenor thought unseemly considering the subject of it but he said no more he knew that there was nothing to be done with such a boy but to wait and hope and that was the attitude into which the tenor found himself most prone to fall in these days with regard to things in general being greatly cheered meanwhile by the sight of his lovely lady who smiled at him now without doubt and was seldom absent from her accustomed seat in the canon's pew when he sang the tenor looked better now and more out of place than ever in the choir better that is to say in the sense of being more attractive but he was not looking strong and the common faces about him seemed commoner still when contrasted with the exceptional refinement of his own the constant self-denial he had been obliged to exercise in order to indulge the fancies of that rapacious boy although a pleasure in itself was beginning to tell upon him his features had sharpened a little his skin was transparent to a fault and the brightness of his yellow hair if it added to the quite peculiar beauty added something also to the too great delicacy of his face it was the brightness of his hair that suggested such names for him as balder the beautiful and son of the morning to the boy who invariably called him by some such fanciful appellation it was at this time too that a great painter came to morning quest and painted a picture called music the interest of which centred in the tenor himself singing while angelica gazed at him as if she were spellbound the boy used to describe this picture to the tenor while it was in progress but the latter listening in his dreamy way was under the impression for some time that the work was one of his young friend's own imagination only by degrees however it dawned upon him that the picture was an actual fact and then he was displeased he thought that the artist had taken a liberty with regard to himself and been guilty of an impertinence so far as his lovely lady was concerned well so i told him said the boy but you know dear israfile that in the interests of art as well as in the interests of science 
men are carried away to such an extent that they sometimes forget to be scrupulous it is curious he broke off gazing at the tenor critically that angelica should specially admire your chin it is your mouth that appeals to me you have a regular russity Byrne, jones dante's dream and lest damozel kind of mouth with full firm lips i should think you're the sort of fellow that women would like to kiss don't try to look as if you wouldn't kiss a woman just once in a way dear old chap women hate men like priests who mustn't kiss them if they would and they have no respect for other men who wouldn't kiss them if they could i know angelica hasn't the last words were delivered from outside in the garden after the boy had made his escape through the window End of book four, chapter ten.